Year, TBD fans, and welcome to 2022. Myself and my partners in podcasting crime, Trev and Ben, are back for another action-packed year in the world of gaming and esports here in the UK and Ireland. Before we get started, I'd like to ask a favour, though. Do please give us a like, follow, or subscribe on your platform of choice. It really makes a big difference to us here and helps more people to find out what we're doing at TBD. Right, on with this first pod of the year, and we're going to do something totally unoriginal and give you our predictions of what to watch out for over the coming 12 months. Both Trev and Ben have got some belters for us to get our heads around. So, Happy New Year, guys. How are you both feeling about 2022 and what it's going to offer? Cheers, Dan. Great intro. Love it. Yeah, Happy New Year, chaps. Um, it's good to get this in early, um, especially when we're about to reveal our predictions for the year. Um, we also have a drum roll at the start, just before the first one. Okay, don't forget to insert that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, feeling good. Feeling good. It's going to be a year of possibilities, I think. Everything we spoke about last year was you know, feeling a bit niche when we started this, and certainly by the end of 2021, it only takes one glance at a LinkedIn newsfeed to see metaverse, NFT, esports, gaming, you know, so we're right on the cusp of it. And um, I know we're going to have a great year of uh, amazing interviews, conversations and chats. So I'm pretty excited about it. Don't forget the live on stage where we're going to do Esports Insider, which still needs a bug Sam of about every single episode. That's it. So it's going to be uh, Sam and Guild mentioned every episode. I was going to say, have we got a Guild line um, reference lined up for this? I don't know, but we'll shoehorn it in. <laughs> cool. Right, let's kick things off because, Trev, you've got the first one, and I imagine many of us are trying to get our heads up to speed, and that is the continued growth of P2E, play-to-earn blockchain games. You know, I suppose Happy New Year to everybody as well, and, and look, great to be back on in 2022, and it means we've made it into a third year of, uh, of podcast recordings, given that we've started in December, December 2020. Ben is right. Like, I mean, you look at all the predictions, it's 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 metaverse, it's, it's NFTs, it's, it's esports, it's gaming, and it's going to be a fascinating year. I think it's going to be a busy year all around, you know, personal agency level, I think for a podcast level. I, th- I think it's going to be a year of exciting, exciting news, and it'll be interesting to see who kind of, who comes out of it with their health, health, head held high in terms of kind of, you know, what they've done. I mean, we're already seeing the brand move in metaverse, and it's amazing how, Nike and Adidas are divisive as a runner, but they've also now emerged in divisive in how they've approached the metaverse or Web3, you know, with Nike going down the, the Roblox Avenue and Adidas, you know, kind of what you would probably say, embracing the um, the Web3 metaverse. Personally, I think play to earn is going to be a, a really interesting space. I mean, with the likes of uh, Axie Infinity, probably the most traded platform of last year in terms of the NFT play there in space, the Gachi Versa and Avagachi and what they're doing. You know, a lot of the NFTs that are launching now, there's a gamified aspect to them. You know, even BAYC, it's going to be gamified at some point. The play to earn is it's a great way and it's a recognition of, I guess, the value that people put on their time, which is what we're seeing an awful lot. A lot of platforms that are emerging, you know, particularly in the video viewing space, they're recognizing that they need to reward people's time. And there's so much competition for time. And I think play to earn, it's going to be a huge year for that. The NFT space lends itself nicely into that. So the NFT is almost a starting block where you you, you acquire your NFT and then it opens up the opportunity to go into a gaming space as, as these projects evolve and develop. Um, some of the games, you know, are very simple. Some are going to get very complex. 
if you have a passion for for NFTs, metaverse, and gaming, then I think your play to earn is going to be on your radar at some point. The, the problem people are going to have is that feeling of over of being overwhelmed with options, you know, and deciding which is the best one. And I suppose my only advice to anybody would be: don't let it overwhelm you. These things, play around with them, test them, make sure. That you know, if you're if you're going to buy and get involved in a project like I, I bought a Labrat NFT during the Christmas period, and I have it. They've got a gamified gamified aspect to it, but it was a low investment, and I was comfortable with that amount. And I think that's what anybody needs to, you know, when you go onto Fortnite and you buy your skins, we're more comfortable with that because it's more mainstream. You know, we know that money's going to to Epic Games. We know we're not going to own that. And that's that, that's fine. That's perfect. I think adopt that mindset for for an NFT play to earn game and look for something that's within your budget and get the experience of it and understand it. I think is use it almost as you know your street education on it. That's my best advice to anybody that's that's looking at NFTs, looking at play to earn. But I think it's going to be I think it's going to be a really really big year with a lot of projects, and I think we're going to see a lot of surprise projects and i think we're going to see a couple of collaboration between blockchain web tree companies and some you know some what we would see as mainstream games developers you know personally really excited about where play there and will go and i think it's it's a good opportunity for um for people to kind of dip their toes in especially if they're a fan of gaming they're a fan of nfts to kind of be rewarded for their time it's definitely one of my things in the next month or so is to get get my first nft and as you say, start having a play with it, see what it is. You, you can read all you want, but unless you start, actually start to try it and get involved in the community, then you, you can't learn it as you need to and really understand absolutely, it. Absolutely, absolutely 100% right. Your first one, Ben, you're looking at the increased non-endemic brands integrating into gaming and esports. I mean, it's something we've seen more and more of. Do you think it's still going to be increased? I mean, brands nowadays as we've just mentioned with blockchain and web three and the metaverse, they're all now looking at so many different areas. Is there still going to be the attraction for gaming and esports? I do think so. It's all going to be interconnected. Now we'll see these worlds um, of NFTs metaverse becoming closer to esports and gaming. I don't think they're mutually exclusive anymore this year. And, and as we look forward, but you know, we've seen brands like Nike, uh, Vans, Gucci, putting a lot of money and time into, into Roblox BMW with Rocket League, you know, the list goes on, but we'll see a lot of brands now focusing their attention, especially as COVID is still hanging around. I don't think any of us thought when we started this that it would still be hanging around, but traditional sports, if you look at any headlines this weekend, the, the Heineken Cup is in terrible trouble. When are they going to fit the, the already postponed games back into a schedule? Uh, how, many, how many premiership matches uh, have been postponed as well? What's continuing? esports as we know so there's a, a a great focus of attention to these games that are continuing uh, in esports and brands are now going crikey if we're putting money into matches with empty stadiums again you know are we getting bang for book where, where can we focus attention plus all of the headlines about um you know how much time is spent watching playing uh, video games so we've already seen a big shift of of marketing dollars into esports and gaming that's only going to continue you know even in a game uh, like battlefield i know the much maligned battlefield 2042 but they have in-game ads for logitech now i know it's endemic but i don't think people would expect to see ads within their their first person shooter games 
brands, developers, publishers are all going to find new ways of getting them um, products in front of people and esports and gaming is the, 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 the obvious choice now for a lot of people. Ben, would that, would that worry you though, an ad popping up while you're playing playing a game? I think EA got, if I'm not mistaken, they tried that, I think, with, with maybe a, a Madden or maybe it was NBA 2K actually, now that I think of it, and they, they removed that feature you know, after after a while. I mean, I think in-game product placement probably works more natural than in-game ad. The issue, I think, for people is that if you pay 80 bucks for a game, you know, you spent a chunk of change on a game to be then hit with ads would be quite frustrating. It's not the experience you want. It's all about how it's implemented. And I think, as you said, their product placement, there's a, a lot of the snowboard games, like Steep, for example, do it in a really good, cool way in that you're kidding your um, character out in a North Face jacket. So you're seeing the North Face ski range without it directly being advertised to you. So that's a really cool way of partnering with uh, a brand to bring products to consumers. But it's done in an authentic uh, and incredible way that doesn't take away from the experience. Yes, if you were playing a first-person shooter and you're running around the corner uh, getting shot at and up jumps an ad, I tell you, it'd be quite frustrating. And so it's all about the implementation for me. And when you talk about non-endemic brands as well, which industries do you think we're going to see more come into and which titles do you think they're going to be most attracted to? A lot of the the chat now at the moment seems to be luxury brands. Um, You're seeing the likes of Gucci in, in Roblox. You're seeing Louis Vuitton in League of Legends. And, and it's it's just strange that these are the oldest fashion houses in in Italy, uh, and some of the, the the longest standing brands are the first movers. But a, a lot of luxury brands, I would feel, because there's a great kind of connection there with with the audiences that they're targeting. There's high disposable incomes within the the, the gamer cohort, so a, a lot of luxury because they have the the, the marketing spend. But you know, we're going to see more kind of food and nutrition brands stepping into the esports realm as well a lot of standard brands are, are looking at innovating into that space because they know people are spending a lot of time either watching or playing and they're also consuming snacks and drinks and things like that so we'll see a big shift there yeah i mean the luxury brands make sense because it's like you know if you if people are buying skins then a fashion brand is kind of you know makes sense then because you can kiss up in gucci or Burberry or whoever and I remember when kind of social media was first taking off the luxury brands were on the first to really jump onto it as well wanted to move on to your next one Trev um so back on metaverse and this time you're talking about kind of VR esports do you think we're going to see much shift in that in 2022 or is that maybe a bit of a longer play do you know what I think I think we're going to see the bones of it start to emerge I mean we are seeing it already but I I think this year I'll be really interested to see where um, inner sloth and among us go with um with their vr game now, i know that mightn't have an esports element to it but i think as a gaming thing it'll be it'll be a game that's kind of slowed upon release picked up by content creators which turned it into a big community had a developer that was really able to to take advantage you know of, of the game's popularity and kind of move across platforms and now they've kind of gone into vr so they've showed that they can kind of adapt across and i think that would be really interesting to see where among us in a, in, a, in a vr sense goes and i think we'll see a lot of content creators getting involved with that and i think we'll see a lot of vr consoles leveraging off the back of, the back of that i mean among us you will need a vr console so whether that's a, 
a, a PSVR or an Oculus Rift. But I think it would be a good opportunity for the likes of Oculus Rift, the likes of PlayStation to leverage that with content creators and, and see where it goes. And I think it would be really interesting. I think there's, there is a lot of metaverse type games coming, you know, which are probably not mainstream um, yet. But I think we'll see, we'll see a bit more on it. Like, I mean, the big box VR we want to keep an eye on. And that I think they were acquired by Meta. Definitely, I think we're going to see more and more of it. Everything is coming to an intersection on, on things, it feels like, anyway. And we're seeing more and more esports arenas, which will have dedicated VR spaces to them emerge. Obviously, the US and, and Asia will lead the way with Europe and UK kind of following behind. I definitely think that we're going to see we're going to see a bit more at a gaming level, certainly a kind of a, a social space. I mean, you know, it's all it is is, is is maybe the natural evolution of laser tag for a lot of a lot of kids anyway. But I, I think it'll be hugely interesting. I think you're dead right, Trev. For the first time in a, a long time, I'm now excited about VR. I know Oculus has been out for a long time and PlayStation VR, which I've played a number of times. They're good, but it's still a little bit niche and we don't have the the main focus of developers and um, so for me it's not worth investing in in a psvr to play 10-15 minutes of a batman game whereas at ces last week sony jumped right on their ps5 vr2 and it's a piece of cutting edge kit like the tech that they've put into it eye tracking external cameras tracking your hand movements you know they're really going after this and therefore, all the developers that they have are going to be creating seriously kick-ass games for it. The first one being announced is the Horizon. So AAA developers creating games in that viewer space. So as soon as they do that, there will be a bit of a following and it will move closer into mainstream. So I'm, I'm really excited. And then just to give a shout out to a couple of local crews, we've got zero latent, latency uh, in Sandyford here in, in Ireland. Trev, as you said, is that the evolution of laser tag for birthday parties and, and stags? They have a really cool setup. There's no reason why there couldn't be competitive, you know, tournaments held there. And then we've got the crew up in Belfast SideQuest who are creating uh, a load of amazing VR experiences. So this is really exciting. And as you said, it's all merging into metaverse and, and NFTs. Ben, moving on to your second one, uh, increase in ed- educational opportunities for esports and gaming. Where do you see the opportunities for that this year? And where do you th- expect to see some cool things that we should watch out for? Well, Trev's definitely going to have a, a point of view on this one with the work he's doing with uh, Longford College. But you'll just see um, headline after headline of things like Chris Smith, what he's doing in, in Australia with um, what we would call secondary schools, you know, helping schools set up some level of esport club or learning environment within the high schools. Good friend, James Fraser Merson uh, in the UK, he's doing something similar. Uh, and then one headline which caught my attention last week is Japan are actually opening their first esports high school. So a fully dedicated high school in the trendy district of Shibuya. So this will be, you know, a choice for people when they leave their 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 first set of education to head into a school that's just purely dedicated about esports. So it's not just the actual competing and playing of the game, but there's a whole myriad of careers that can come off the back of um, esports and gaming. So I won't go into the list because there's about 50 different professions you could you could eventually end up in. 
so as things move like this, it's going to become more mainstream. Um, a lot of third level institutions have some sort of esport club. Uh, a lot of third level institutions now are offering some sort of esports course. So, Trev, I don't know if you want to talk about Longford. Longford College will will will, will launch this year. It'll be a diploma in um, in in esports. I'd actually love to see a, a mainstream Irish college, a technical university or university, actually follow the lead of what's going on in in, in Chichester and Staffordshire in, in the UK and, and others, Birmingham and 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 more, and kind of you know dip their toes. I mean, Waterford IT have done a bit of work with an esports scholarship, but they actually haven't haven't offered esports education programs, and I think it would be really interesting. I think like if you're if you're a challenger college in Ireland, you know, and you're looking to bring more more focus on pupils, I I think it's it's definitely something to look at. As you say, it's it's very diverse in its careers in a way and, and the way it can go. So it can, it can still add a lot of value in a mainstream perspective, not just from esports. Um, it's, you know, especially as it's a lot of it's on content production on that side of things. I think it's. I think you're right, Ben. I think it's. I think it's hugely, hugely interesting. The Japan move was that was deadly to see and kind of look at, you know. And you, you'd love to. You'd love to kind of you know see it happening, you know, more and more. Like I, I get a living in Kilkenny. You kind of sometimes you get a you know, and I don't get a a twinge of 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 envy about too much to be fair because I think you you tread your own path. But I love when you see UK colleges and universities doing stuff around esports, you kind of think, oh, wouldn't it be great if there was somebody in, our, in, in a university in Ireland that picked up that mantle to see where it could go because we're a very similar um, um, audience to UK audience. So, you know, why not? Yeah. Yeah. It'd be one that we definitely pick up. I know we're getting Alex Coulson on in hopefully a few next few weeks. who's a managing director of um, the national student esports. So definitely um a whole area that we'll dissect in some detail um as we go by all right it's going to move on to a final one because i know we've kind of we've covered quite a lot in this one final one is kind of a potential one that could try and break a bit of a monopoly between fifa and pez in strikers this year is it going to be the year that they break through and break into that duopoly yeah i'll tell you i, I i'm very curious to as a kind of a football or football gaming fan, I'm very curious to see where UFL and strikers go. Obviously, there's been teases of stuff, you know, Zinchenko and Firmino coming in as ambassadors, uh, Zenit St. Petersburg, West Ham as, as partners. It's been built on the Unreal Engine. Any trailer I've seen, you get a sense that there's, uh, there's good effort being put into it. You know, the fact that the EA and, and FIFA had a bit of a split means that this that there's somebody going to take off the mantle or you know coming in fifa don't make these decisions lightly is it going to be strikers is it maybe other games that are kind of coming into the space like goals.co but anything i've seen i like the look of and, and i'd love to get my hands and kind of play a bit of the game and see what it's like and will, will it match up um i think they're starting to build a bit of hype as well which is always a good thing i think they're, they're going to launch this year i i i very curious very, very curious to think where it's going. I think I think it could be a really interesting um, prospect, you know. And I think having a game on the Unreal Engine, I think just could be could be really cool. Hopefully, it'll be a bit more exciting than FIFA as well, because it's always been one of the challenges for the game in the fact that it's you know people love playing it, but as an as one to watch as an esport, it's never really 
taken off. It's not never going to challenge one of the bigger titles. Yeah, like I, I, I love the EA FIFA game, and you know, I love working alongside or complementary to to what they do. I think the big challenge you have with EA FIFA is from a team perspective. Now, if I put like working with a team, you know, on it, like and you take, you know, you take Christian with NFG, or you take J Lings, or you take even Norge at one J, like. Where it's difficult is sometimes it feels a bit like challenger golf, you know, in a way in that you start the season, you invest in points, okay? Then you have to get through your division rivals, get as high as you can, maintain that position to a certain level while competing in weekend league to get rewards, a reversal of what's gone on in previous years. Then if you're in a certain position, you qualify for qualifiers. Then you have to get through the qualifiers into main event. And then you have to kind of get into the latter stages of the main event to make some winnings. That's that's a lot of effort. And that's very individualistic. I know you do have the FIFA E-Club World Cup, which is teams. But even like, you know, you've got to do pre-qualifiers, qualifiers, and then get through into the into the stages. Like, if you're a team investing in it, like, you, you've got to spend a lot initially to on players to get it back. Like, we saw Excel spend 100000 on on hashtag Tom and... I'm not even sure how his season is going to be honest. I haven't tracked it, but I haven't heard him in, in, in any major conversation. I mean, it's, you know, Michael Fisher from London United, which has been a, a fraction of that investment that garnered headlines that I can see. In my view, you know, and only in my view, I would love to see a kind of a, a franchise structure almost come into Pez, come into come into FIFA. And I'm happy to be challenged on this. You know, and I hope there's somebody listening there that kind of picks it up and say, actually, and even come on the podcast and, and, and talk about it. But I, I just think it needs a bit more of, of a structure. We kind of saw hints of it with the 2v2 where they invited certain teams in it. But I think you, you've got to go all in and you got to create something where there's value for the multiple football players, the multiple football teams that like want to go in this space. Why hasn't some of the bigger clubs maybe gone more and more into FIFA? You know, why is PSG looking at Dota 2? It's because there's a structure and there's there's money in there, you know. I'd love to see a proper structure come in. And I think teams would invest in a structure if they saw it there. I I, th- I think if Pez is, is going to be a challenge, I mean, they've done a bit of it with the um, eFootball Pro, Barcelona, Monaco, I think Celtic, other teams are in there. But I think where they've missed the beat actually is that they haven't involved teams actually in a in a structure. And I mean esports teams like maybe teams like Complexity, for example, or Mavericks or, or big teams like that. Because football clubs, they're fantastic, but they treat everything as a commercial venture, quite quite rightly. You know, there's only certain amounts of posts that maybe you get as part of your partnership. So they're not they're not holistically or naturally organically pushing the eFootball pro. Whereas I think if you had somebody like a major esports team, and whether it was Astralis or any of these guys, it's the core of their business, so they have to push it. And I think that's that's what you're missing. And that's that's my hope to see. And again, it's wishful thinking. It might be goals.co, it might be another uh, play at the earn game that comes out on the blockchain, or it might be strikers. Is that they kind of create an, e- an ecosystem that's strong for esports teams. Because ultimately, what happens, and people argue that FIFA is an individual game. Yes, it is. All these players want to join teams anyway because they want retainers, they want structures, they want salaries, they want psychologists, they want nutritionists, they want you know they want coaches, they want to be part of a structure. So you can't you can't say it's individualistic and then say you need all this at the same time around it. So yeah, look, I, I'd love to see. I just I would love to see a structure kind of 
space can work because I genuinely think it could it could match. It's never going to be a Dota two or League of Legends LEC. It's not. You know, the focus has been there for for years. But I do think something special could be created for what is probably the biggest gamer base around gaming base around. Yeah. You know, you're you're dead right there. Like FIFA is made to be a competitive game, but for some reason it hasn't hit the heights that even say Smash Melee uh, is at in terms of esport competitiveness. So, for all the reasons you outlined there, I fully agree with them. There are a lot of barriers. So hopefully there's a challenger that up and coming, and maybe it is strikers. I do like how they position themselves, and they're certainly putting themselves at the heart of community first by saying it's free to play and it's fair to play. So I think they're taking cheeky digs already uh, at, at, at the other two incumbents. So yeah, it's exciting to try. If it's a it's a great find and a great spot, so it's one for one I'll be keeping an eye on. I think we're racking up the amount of people that we need to get on the podcast just to kind of cover all these different subjects. But I think that's been a fantastic start to the year. It can be a big year for us. Do keep an eye on TBD. Get involved where you can. If you've got suggestions on people that you want to hear on the podcast, and let us know. And do obviously give us a like, subscribe, or a follow. Um, Trev, Ben, great to catch up as always. And on to next week. Speak soon.